0: Welcome to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the show designed to keep youth workers motivated and youth ministries moving forward. Now, here's your host, blogger, speaker, and lover of nerd stuff, Paul Turner. What is going on, everybody? Happy Friday to you, if you're listening to this on Friday, because this is what I'm doing and I'm actually doing it on Friday. So uh, it's uh, pretty awesome to be with you guys. I am uh, somewhat back from the dead, if you will. Uh, I had a killer summer, guys, much like uh, many of you guys uh, or had, uh, mission trips, camps, everything else, and I finally uh, reached a place of restoration where I feel like um, I could come back and talk to you guys with a full heart and a full spirit and uh, equip you guys to keep your ministries moving forward. Uh, as well as keeping you motivated to stay in youth ministry long enough to where you can see the fruit of your labor. And so uh, today I want to get right into it. I found something on Tom Rayner's website, Tom Raynor.com. Uh, links will be in the uh, show notes, by the way. And if you're not a subscriber to the Fresh Impact newsletter, uh, I send out show notes with all the links to all the different things uh, that I share here on the podcast. And I also give some bonus notes. Uh, worksheets, all kinds of good stuff. Uh, You don't want to miss that. So please go to thediscipleproject.net and sign up for that today. So Thomas Rainer uh, wound up putting out a tweet uh, to his followers to find out some funny things that were said to them if they were pastors, associate pastors, church workers, and said, uh, what are some strange or uh, weird things that some of your parishioners have said to you? And these are some of the ones, some of the feedback he got from some of the uh, his Twitter followers, which I'm sure some of you and uh, out there have heard before, maybe, and some maybe not. But uh, maybe so I don't, I hope you haven't heard all of these because that would be terrible. But um, I'm sure you've heard some funny things. And uh, be sure drop me a line at the at uh, the at and uh, you can send me uh, your strange and weird thing. So here's some of the things that I found on the site there. Um, somebody said to, somebody said, uh, I am not a Christian. I am a Baptist. Well, I don't know if there's you know some people <laughs> some people see a difference there maybe. I don't know. I'll just leave that one right there. Uh, something else somebody heard. Uh, Sorry, I was late to church. My dog Rambo and I have been witnessing to people. Uh, and, uh, Tom Rainer says Rambo must be a special dog. Well, you know, if you and your dog and your dog, I don't know what your, does your dog, you know, do you guys, I mean, I would say the dog and, and him maybe working in tandem, right? So, you know, one speaks while the other one prays. So the question is, which was talking, which was, uh, praying, was the dog praying or talking? I'd like to know. Um, I don't know this. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I will be able to help with the baptism tomorrow. I'm I'm bleeding from my rectum. I think it's hemorrhoids. Yeah, you don't want to hear that. I don't, look if you can't make it, just just don't make it. Don't tell me why. I don't want to know why. That's just just that's too much information. Uh, <laughs> Uh, here's another one. It says, it says, are you the one who keeps taking the beer off my daddy's grave? Let me say it the way it's said here in Alabama, how it would have, how it would have been said here in Alabama. Okay. Are you the one who keeps taking the beer off my daddy's grave? See, that's how you say it here in Alabama, which I am sure it has been said maybe once or twice. Uh, and, and then he leaves the, the question is obviously, if you're leaving the beer there, uh, how's your daddy getting it would be one question. Uh, number two, why are you leaving it there would be would be another good question. Um, another thing somebody uh, came in and said is, we never had these storms until you came. Well, that's uh, <laughs> that's interesting. Thank you for those kind words. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, another one is, uh, you need to turn, somebody said to a pastor, says, you need to turn all the lights up during worship. You can't worship God when it's dark because he is the light. Well, that is a very deep, deep deep theological revelation there. Um another one, uh can you perfor- can you perform a ceremony ceremony just short of marriage for just living together? Well, you know, I I don't know. I don't know if they have. They might that they probably do. Don't don't I don't know. Maybe you want to google it, maybe you don't, but um uh you know, uh, don't Google live-in wedding vows. I bet they're out there, though. I bet they're out there. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's called a lease, I think. If you're living together, I think you're just, you're bound by the lease and who is going to pay. I believe that's the case there. Uh, something else a pastor heard, Says, I really appreciate the content of your sermons, but I can't stand to watch you as you deliver it. <laughs> at that point, I'd say, well, maybe you want to listen to the messages with your eyes closed. That would be wonderful. Why don't you try that? Um, let's see. Somebody else said, I can't. I can tell you. I can tell you have the anointing of God. My cat does too. Well, what does your cat do? I mean, when I preach well, I mean, does it get a hairball? Does it? I mean, how do you know? What is it? What is the cat doing to show that I have the anointing? Does it raise its paws? Does it fall out the spirit? What does it? What does it do? How do we know these things? Uh, let's see another one here. A couple more. Uh, you need to wear a bra when you preach. And, uh, and he says, just to be clear, this statement was said to a male preacher. I don't know if somebody came up and <laughs> oh, I do not want to go there. I don't even want to go there. I can't even, let's go on. It says, uh, <laughs> uh, you blink too much when you preach. You are also a very pale person. Well, thank you. Thank you for you. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for being in the church today. God bless you. <laughs> and the last thing that uh, somebody posted one of these crazy things that personers say to their pastors uh he said uh he said he said um after a solo soloist had gotten up to sing uh she went and said uh top that preacher top that preacher and uh I don't know I that that would raise my flesh um that would raise my flesh up pretty much. I mean, because had I been the pastor of that church, I can assure you, I would have topped that somehow, some way, I would have topped that. I know the, the, the normal thing, you, a pastor would get up and go, oh no, I could never top that, uh, sister so-and-so. That was simply wonderful. Well... I'm afraid uh, I would have topped that somehow. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't even want to think what would have happened. Uh, The last thing is uh, that uh, somebody came up to a pastor and said uh, uh, the pastor had just, it was his first uh, day on the job, first day, first Sunday there. And the guy comes up and says, um, says, Congratulations. uh, This is our last day uh, at this church. Uh, This church is dead. Uh, Well, Thank you. Thank you for the warm, uh, warm welcome. I appreciate uh, all your um, (laughs) all your kind words. Thanks for sticking in there uh, with us here. Uh, But uh, hey, you know, maybe uh, as you leave, the church will come back to life. You know, maybe maybe you were the one that was killing it, brother. Um, That would be probably my response. Do you get the feeling that I probably shouldn't be a senior pastor? That probably that's come across my mind. I, I don't know if I have the temperament for it. You know, that's, uh, I've been praying about that lately. Though we'll we'll see what happens. I don't I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, but it would surely be the most interesting church in the world. You have like the most interesting man in the world. I would have the most interesting church in the world. I'm pretty sure, or at least maybe I might just be the most interesting pastor in the world. We'll see. But uh, but that's it. That's your fun stuff for the morning. Uh, you know, if you're watching and listening to it in the morning, uh, be sure once again to sign up for the Fresh Impact newsletter. You can get these uh, the link to these. Uh, they're quite funny. You can use them uh, when you speak or something like that. Um, also uh, don't forget to uh, go to the discipleproject.net uh, where you can not only sign up for the for the uh, newsletter, but you can also uh, read some of my blog posts over there. Uh, listen to podcasts, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, but speaking of the podcast, which we're in right now, could you please do me a favor? Would you go over to the iTunes site? And uh, if you've been listening for any amount of time, if you've been listening for a, a fair amount of time, or maybe it's your first time, either way, maybe you that are listening for the first time will will do this for me. Will you take a moment, if you're listening uh, on iTunes, or maybe you're listening on uh, SoundCloud, or wherever you may be, go to the actual podcast on iTunes, and would you leave a review, please, uh, of the content, content here. I sure would appreciate it. Uh, That will get uh, when the more reviews and the more stars and so forth, this podcast gets found. And uh, I would like other people to find it. And I hope that you would like to have other people find it as well. So, but thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. Uh, Let's go ahead and move into the core segment of this podcast today. And this the 12 questions you want to ask before you launch. The 12 questions you want to ask before you launch. It's super important that you go through these questions. And uh, so let's get into it. So you may already have your fall plan together, which I hope you do. I hope that you are um, you are ready for this fall. If you're not, you can still catch up. I promise you. I was a little late in my planning, but uh, I have recouped. I have recovered, uh, and we are moving forward. In fact, I'm planned all the way through next um, next August. So. It can happen, guys. It can happen. And so let me give you the 12 questions uh, before you launch that new thing, uh, that new small group, that new uh, uh, meeting time, uh, that new night of worship, uh, that new outreach, um, whatever it is. Why don't you take these 12 questions... And once again, you can get it through the DiscipleProject.net, sign up for the Fresh Impact uh, n- newsletter, and, um, and it will come to you, and it'll be like a little checklist for yourself. So um, here it is. Uh, so number one is, uh, does it match a value? In other words, what are your values? your church, uh, whether that's you find the value in a mission statement or a purpose statement or a vision statement or whatever it may be, uh, what are your values? What is important to you? And are you planning things that are in accordance with uh, those values? Because if we're just throwing things up on the calendar because kids want to do them, uh, some of those things uh, uh, you know don't match our values and don't match what we want to do. So uh, we need to, if we want to stay on course and help kids uh, uh, learn what our values are and learn what biblical values are, uh, then we have to plan accordingly. Number two. Ask yourself, who is this for? Who am I planning this for? Who are we planning this for? I don't say me, but we being the team. But who are we planning this for? Uh, Is this for just our kids? Is this for church kids? Is this for Christian kids? Is this for outreach? Is this for, you know, who is our target audience for this? Who are we trying to reach? And uh, that will help match up how you do the event, how you do everything as a part of it. Um, Number three, have I checked the church calendar? More than one time, I have um, planned an event, and either the bus wasn't available or a room was being used or something was going on. That uh, that conflicted with that, and I had to go back, double back, and it cost me more work and more time that I didn't really care to use. So I have uh, gotten used to just taking my schedule, uh, getting it up on the calendar first, and then uh, and then go from there. You definitely want to get your get your get your stuff on the calendar early, and then uh, people have to work around you instead of you having to work around other people. Uh, number four, how will I staff it? In other words, who's going to be involved in this? Who are the right people for the right jobs? Uh, am I picking the right small Group leader, am I picking the right adults to be at the lock-in? Am I, you know, who's going to, who are my leaders? Who are my people that are going to get this thing done for me? Um, and if I don't have the right people, you know, I should reconsider or or plan it when those people are available. Maybe uh, number five: Have I passed it through a leader, a parent, and a student? Now that leader can be uh, your pastor, it could be somebody on your youth ministry team, it could be uh, somebody in the church, but somebody, a leader that you can say, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this idea? And kind of get their viewpoint. Obviously, you want somebody that's close to the youth ministry who understands your heart and your vision You know, for what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, also pass it through a parent and say, look, what do you think about the schedule? Here's what I have planned. Uh, here's the fall schedule. What do you think? And get their feedback on it, and see uh, see what's going on with that. And then, of course, pass it through students and say, "Hey, students, what do you think about this?" And you know, I did. It's it's super simple. If you get five of your core people, you don't have to do it for an hour or two hours. Just look. Here's here's the plan. Here's what I was thinking. How can we tweak it to make it better? How can we uh, you know, what can we do to this to make it better? And, and we kind of do in movement, you know, you set it up at least to get it on the calendar and say, we'll work our way into it. And then you can have your leadership meeting. Then you can have your, your stuff where you talk about all the philosophy stuff. A lot of people do philosophy, theology, everything first, and then, you know, trying to get to the point where they plan the event. I say, put the event on there and then back your way into it and teaching and training of why it's important so your kids will understand. Otherwise it will take, uh, forever and a day, uh, to kind of get it done. Uh, also I would say, uh, have a uh, question is, uh, have I considered how much it will cost? You know, everything, uh, people are on budgets. We have to remember, uh, that when we plan this, this involves not just the kids' budget, but parents' budget. In fact, kids have no money unless they have a job, uh, and they have to be able to fund whatever the activity is. So that camp, that retreat, whatever it may be that costs, $100, $150, $200, you have to be able to put that in uh, writing and say, hey, this is how much it's going to cost. Here's how much the deposit is. All these kind of things. You have to, you know, put those things together because if you don't, uh, you're going to have some upset parents if you get it wrong and have to go back to them and say, well, it's going to cost twenty extra dollars because I did not include that in the in the initial price. And so you got to be able to budget it uh, down to not necessarily the penny, uh, but you got to get it all in there. Uh, you want to obviously because if you don't do that, if you don't do the budget, you're not going to be able to figure out. Um, you know, how many fundraisers you're going to have to do to do it, right? If you're going to camp or whatever it may be, if there's, you know, if if people, if you're in a church, if you're in Beverly Hills and parents can just write checks or maybe they don't write checks at all, maybe, maybe they just, maybe the church just takes care of it. But most of you, I don't think are in Beverly Hills in a church there. Um, I think, uh, you know, you are going to have to do some fundraisers or whatever it may be. Look at your group, you know. Is it a middle class group, a, a lower middle class group, a uh, uh, you know an upper middle class, wherever it is? Or is it an affluent church? You know, all those kind of things. You know, as part of that in budgeting, you know what you're trying to do. You don't want to make it hard. Um, you know, for people to go and do things. Otherwise, you're not going to have the turnout you want. Number seven, uh, how will I market it? How am I going to get the word out there? How am I going to, uh, how am I going to put it out there? It's not just about like, I'm just going to put it up on Snapchat and everybody's going to show up or sign up or whatever it is. You know, you need for your events, you need at least a lead in time of at least, if it's a short-term thing, you know, you're, you, if, if you're gonna doing a hayride in October, you know, maybe you need three weeks to get the word out there. Right. If you're doing camp, or, or depending on what the budget is, you need a longer lead in time because you want to be able to push those things uh, that are most valuable to you. And you want to do have a good marketing plan. You want to be able to put it out there through your whatever, 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 you, wherever your kids are at. Right. Whether it's Snapchat, whether it's Instagram, whatever it is, you just go ahead and you you push forward with that. You're going to communicate with your parents as well. This is not just marketing to kids. You have to be able to market it to your parents. And if they're on Facebook. Uh, Or Instagram or whatever their platform is And so you have to be able to do it in line with You know that's everything from social To also paper Where are the posters Is there something in the bulletin All those kinds of things Um Number eight, have I worked out transportation uh, do, am I using the church bus? This goes back to the calendar thing. How am I getting, you know, do I have, is the bus, you know, being worked on? Is, uh, you know, am I using parents for this? You know, you have to work out the transportation issues and, and you know, there's all kinds of things that go along with that. Are you going to let the, you know, the 17-year-old that drives, are you going to let kids ride with them, which is probably a terrible idea and most likely illegal in your state? Uh, you know, say, I want to go, but I want to drive my own car. You know, wh- what is the transportation situation? Number nine. 9. Have I built relationships with the influencers in my youth group? And those people that I, those kids that I asked and called to my office, they're the influencers. In other words, the main question for your activities and things is the questions be well, who's going? Because they're whispering to one another, hey, are you going? Hey, are you going? And so once we get our influencers on board, we'd be able to say, hey, listen, uh, let them do the announcement, right? If they're going to get up and let them get up in front of people and say, this is what we're going to do. And this is where we're going. We really want you to go and be a part, uh, rather than just me getting up there and doing it because people think I'm just I'm just paid to do that. And so if you get your influences on board early, you'll be able to have a much more uh, successful event and maybe early signups with that as well. Uh, number 10, uh, have I checked the culture calendar? In other words, you want to be able to, now look, let me explain the culture calendar. Listen, if you don't know what a culture calendar is, Uh, you don't live in the state of Alabama because Alabama has a culture calendar. And that's in the fall, usually on Saturdays. And uh, it is all about college football. If I plan an event that does not include watching the game on somewhere, uh, the chances are that a lot of kids are not gonna come out for that because families go and take their RVs down there, they camp out for the weekend or whatever it may be, and I'm not gonna get it if I have to do these. You say, well, Paul, well you shouldn't have to compete. We do compete with those things. We got to quit belly aching about that because we, we're we do compete, but we can also work around it. We don't have to have it directly head to head with whatever's going on. You also want to check things like what's going on in your city. You know what kind of maybe concerts are going on that you a bunch of kids are going to go that you're not aware of, uh, but are going to hurt. it's going to hurt your event. Now, listen, everybody doesn't have to go, but depending on the size of your youth ministry, uh, of course, you want the most max amount of people there. But if, um, you know, if Switchfoot's coming to town, well, obviously, just go to the Switchfoot concert. That's easy. Uh, but if a band is coming to town and the majority of your kids are going to that concert, well, then you may want to think about, uh, you know, switching your dates or whatever it may be, if it, if it can be. Um, number 11. Um, will this require fundraising? In other words, is the, is the, you know, how, what's the amount here? Is it a small amount? Is it a big amount? And what size fundraiser is? If it's camp, if it's all those things, if it's missions trips and it's over $1,500 to $2,000, you're talking about a year-long strategy on that. And so before you launch that, you know, the launch and say, hey, we're going to so-and-so, you've got to already be in motion to say, I have a plan for these fundraisers. It's going to take this month, it's going to do this month, and whatever it may be. But you have to be able to say, is this going to require fundraising, and how do I put that in as part of the fundraising for the new thing? Uh, and then finally, number 12. Uh, have I checked the weather? And you say, well, Paul, why would I check the weather? Well, you know, it's simple. It's, it's, it's something that I've done, uh, and I've made the mistake of not checking the weather, and it rained or it poured or it snowed or whatever it did, and it, it just messed up the event. So if we do a better job of just checking the weather and posting that, Right. And say, hey, parents, just letting you know, uh, temperature this week at camp is going to be uh, 102. Uh, If your child's redheaded, he's going to fry. So make sure you have, uh, you know, all kinds of (laughs) lotions and uh, sunscreen and whatever you got to have for that. And so because that's important. I have a redheaded kid, so that's why I know these things. But um, but you want to be able to check the weather. Is it going to be cold? Do they need this or that? You know, are they going to need an umbrella or something like that? So those are my 12 uh, tips there, if you will, or the 12 questions you have to ask before you launch. Uh, all of those don't necessarily apply to everything you're gonna launch, but a lot of it does, right? A lot of it has to do with calendar, it has to do with transportation, it has to do with time, it has to do with leaders, it has to do with all these things. So. That is the core of this, uh, of this uh, podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want the notes, don't forget to go to thediscipleproject.net, sign up for the Fresh Impact newsletter, and uh, it will come in your box. Also, uh, let's get into some stuff that I'm, uh, I'm nerding out about. So what am I nerding out about? What am I really into right now? I got to tell you, I'm into this thing called bullet journaling. I don't know if you've seen this, uh, but it is a... a it is like, oh, how can I describe it? My wife used to do, uh, you know, the picture albums, uh, creative memories, I think it was called. And it was these pages where you would decorate and put photos in it. Well, bullet journaling is a lot like that. It's a lot like it's getting a notebook and it is somehow creatively putting all your stuff in one place uh, versus having 20 different apps. And so I'm really liking that because I can open it up. I know where it's going to be. I know I'm working in one book and this is trial. I've only been doing it for about a month. Um, but I'm seeming to like it because I can open one notebook and find it versus trying to say, well, where did I put this? Or where did I write this down? Or, you know, you know, I don't want to transfer tons of information between 10 different calendars, but if I have it all in one place, uh, I can do that, but it's also making lists and and things like that. I'm going to put some, uh, you know uh pictures up of my pages and stuff so if you're interested uh you can always follow me on Instagram uh, over there, and that's uh, Instagram.com slash TheDProject. And uh, you can see some pictures over there if you want. Uh, but bullet journaling is definitely uh, its having an impact. It's, I'm enjoying just the down creative time where I'm drawing. I'm just putting some pictures up there using stencils. You don't have to be super fancy with it. Uh, I will give you some links, by the way. So if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll get some links to b- bullet journaling and all that kind of stuff. Uh, another thing that I am uh, nerding out about, I'm reading a book called Creativity, Inc. by Ed Catmull. And he is the president of Pixar Animation, and it is the story uh, of inspiration and all the things that went into creating things like Toy Story... Uh, all these kind of things, really, some really great principles in there. It's really story driven. It's not a lot of uh, uh, necessarily businessy things, but there is a, a, a sense of uh, you know structure and some things that he highly recommends and practices for teams and things like that. And so I'm really uh, getting into it. I, I didn't know if I was going to get into it or not, but I'm I'm really really enjoying it. Um, and the fi- third and final thing that I think I'm I'm nerding out a lot about. I've had a just an absolute uh, I don't know, hunger for fish tacos. I've just had fish tacos for the past two weeks, wherever I could get them. Uh, I ate at a place called taco mama's yesterday and had some great flounder, uh, tacos and man, I don't know. Do you like fish tacos? I'm, I'm just, I'm just into them. So if you, uh, if you're in Birmingham, you want to go get fish tacos, by the way, just give me a call. Cause I am way into it. Um, But let's go ahead and wrap up the podcast here. Uh, By the way, tell me what you're nerding out about. If you want to hit me up at thedprojectme.com, just tell me what you're nerding out about. I'd love to do a little list of things uh, that uh, you might be nerding out about that's popular or some little thing you want to get out there to the audience and to the ether land there. Uh, Just uh, email me and uh, let me know what you're into, and uh, I'll check it out and see what's up. Uh, Finally, let's move into uh, a little time here of motivation. So maybe you have seen uh, this video going around uh, about the sick teacher in Nashville. And uh, he is, uh, you show the short video. It's very short. It's maybe maybe a minute or less. Um, and if you search for it, you'll find it. It's over there. It's on, it's on uh, YouTube and everything. Just look for uh, students sing to Nashville teacher or students sing to, to sick teacher. And, um, and I'll tell you what. It is uh, tremendous. It is a uh, it, it's so gripping because you're watching this 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 teacher who is sick with cancer uh, has taught at the school, has taught Bible, has taught Latin uh, at this uh, private school in Nashville, and the school has 400 students in it, and all. 400, I say 400 students, it's 400 people, but all the students, all the faculty, all the teachers, everybody showed up at his house and sang to him and sang a worship song and just was worshiping with him. And he is sitting up in his room and he is looking, he has tubes in his in his nose and he is uh, mouthing, you can see that he is mouthing the words of the worship song with the kids. And I tell you what, just even describing it gives me chills uh, because of the love that these students have for this teacher. And I say to myself, man, I want to live a life like that. I want to be that if I ever got sick or if I ever, that I meant so much to so many people that they would do something, they would even think, think of doing something like that. Forget about putting, pulling it off. They'd at least have a thought and say, wow, I think that's tremendous. We should, we should do that for Paul, which leads me to the fact of this. We should be living our lives right now, for for the day we leave this leave this earth to where to where people are going to miss us. I mean, we can be all about business, we can be all about youth ministry, we can be all about whatever we're going to be about. But the deal is this is that if if we're terrible people, um, you know, people may come out, maybe people will feel guilty maybe to come to our our funerals. I don't know. But but the deal is this. We, we need to live our lives in such a way that you we impact so many kids or we impact so many people or everybody we can come in contact with or whatever our goals are in that. And, of course, we just live our lives and we hope and, you know, I'm sure this teacher did not plan his life in such a way that says, boy, I'm going to get sick with cancer and, and I hope that 400 kids show up. Listen, that's not the deal. The deal is that we live our lives in such a way that by the end of it, we have left ourselves everything we have on. The field, and we have impacted and loved loved as many people as possible. And uh, whatever the results of that are, w- whether we face a tragedy or whether we, uh, uh, whether we, you know, uh, get sick or whether whatever it may be, that the outpouring of other people towards us is a reflection of the investment we've made. And obviously, this man here had made such a contribution over the years, day after day, in and out, regardless that these kids said, we're going to go do this for him. We love this guy. And let me tell you what, it was like watching heaven. And, um, and so my encouragement to you guys today is this. Live your life in such a way that somebody would even have the thought to do something like that for you. Do it every day. Invest, encourage, love people every day. Don't be ugly. Don't be petty. Don't be nasty. Don't be unkind. You know, be everything you're supposed to be in Christ, and look, it'll take care of itself. Our reward is in heaven. It's not here. We get that. But obviously, we do youth work, you and I. I say obviously because I think it's true. We all get into youth work because we will make an impact the way we were impacted. And uh, and if one of our mentors and if one of the people that, um, you know, served us was sick or had issues or problems, I would drop what I was doing, and I would go help them. I don't know if I'd go sing to them, but I would certainly drop what I'd say. Look, I need to be there for that guy because he did so much for me. And my, my hope is that somehow anything that I've done in this life uh, has made a difference for somebody else, that somebody would even remotely think of doing something kind like that for me. So watch the video, reflect, pray, and say, Lord, if I'm not, if I'm not the best version of who you are and the best version of myself, then, Lord, help me get there. Help me get there and help me invest in people uh, the way people invested in me. So... But that is it, guys. That is your daily, uh, that is your, your motivation for the day. Uh, so go and reflect upon that. And uh, that's it. That's it for the, uh, for the show today. I hope that you uh, enjoyed the show. I hope it's a, a good welcome back. And uh, I look forward to seeing you guys over the weeks. Uh, be sure, once again, to subscribe to the Fresh Impact Newsletter to get the notes. Guys, I appreciate you guys so much. And um, I'll see you guys next time on the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast. See you later.